0: What's going on? Justin and Ailish, Sports Stuff 5 fan. Happy Tuesday morning, everyone.
1: What's going on, Forza?
0: Blue Jays back tonight. Jays Yankees coming off the little bit of a rest day for our squad. Big day in women's hockey yesterday to talk about. Vibes are good.
1: Yeah, another productive uh, day for the Blue Jays, I suppose. Texas losing again. Maybe they again. just don't play. <laughs> I mean, things get they, they, better. They, they played over the weekend. Things went really, really yeah, well. They, for they them. got I the you nine
0: might, of nine results. I think that's
1: where we, I think we need an updated take for you. Mm. Like you know we, what? things were pretty dire. I we went ba- through a lot the, of emotions the, actually take last
0: is week. Lots of baseball left, lots and of you baseball? just gotta believe that the the, the chips will fall.
1: As, as they, may. they may. As they may. <laughs>
0: and you just can't get too caught up in one game.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, I don't know why we're we're continuing to be surprised by things. I guess, like, uh, I don't know. Things go a little bit against expectation. And it's like, really? That's that's what's going on? They still but have
0: a 78% chance as of this morning to make the playoffs. What? Oh,
1: that's I mean, that's rising and rising and You've rising. And that's because chart. of Texas. Yeah, well, I just. With the Fangraphs chart? The Fangraphs
0: chart is a. Is a is a walk down memory lane of the last couple months of Blue Jays Mm -hmm. baseball, of talking about Blue Jays baseball. Uh, It spikes up and down like my heart rate in my first beer league game on Sunday morning. It is like up, down, up, down, up, Like there's some scary moments where you think this is it. And then there's some good moments of calm when you're on the bench.
1: Whenever you see (laughs) one of those graphs, you only see it because it's like extra spiky. And I feel like it's just going to be super spiky by it's, the end of it or it's, it's going to be like pretty even 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 and starts to go and by game 162 it's either going to be hard in one direction oh, boy. or hard in the other direction but you're right if they just not play <laughs> they gained a little ground and seattle won texas mm-hmm. lost but still that's like if one team was going to win and lose that's probably what you wanted those teams play each other seven times they have to take from each other if one sweeps the Blue Jays are probably in almost by default if they split. That means all they have to do is really hold serve. So, it feels like they're still in a really good spot. The Yankees and the Rays to play or to to follow here, and it's on them. It's all up to them. It's not an overly onerous schedule. Mm-hmm. It could be tricky, but right now it deserves to be what did you say 79% because yep, the, so, the, uh, the, the deck is stacked yeah. in their favor uh as we enter the fourth-to-last series of the season.
0: <laughs> Twelve games left, apparently still Toronto does have the third-hardest schedule remaining in the MLB. It doesn't really feel that way. But,
1: like, yeah, you know, I mean, they, I guess there's an, some hard an teams. elite team uh, in two of the four yeah. and then an average team, I Maybe guess, in the,
0: the American League. the AL East is difficult for the Blue Jays to be, you know,
1: the well, better I, I, I mean, I of. don't <laughs> think they're, like, putting that context into it, but the American League East is good, mm-hmm. and the Yankees, despite being... A really, really disappointing team are still like, you know, gatekeeper ish in terms of the entire league. Like, they're kind of the median. And if it's a median and above average, then it's a pretty hard schedule. But uh, it could work in their favor if the Rays maybe don't have much to play for or the That's Yankees are hoping. playing a lot of players who they might be looking mm-hmm. to see for next season. Like, it, it could actually work out really well. And that strength of schedule could be diminished just by the situation. Do
0: you think the Rays would want to help the Blue Jays? Probably not.
1: Uh, if they don't have anything to play for, maybe. Maybe they want to play the Jays.
0: Yeah, that's always a tricky spot to be in, wondering what motivation the other team has. Right now, the teams that the Blue Jays are going to play, they all could find some sort of motivation. Even though it's the Yankees, they don't want to finish last in this division. They are having a season from hell, and they are the New York Yankees that have very high expectations every single year for their team. They're going to want to play spoiler, and it's the Yankees and the Jays. And Yeah, it's not like the biggest rivalry in sport, but you're two teams that often go head-to-head in divisional play, and you don't like each other.
1: And they do have one thing they're playing for, which is Garrett Cole's looking to win his first Cy Young, probably has already so. many. We might see him twice. But if he blows <laughs> up, if he blows up twice against the Blue Jays, then maybe he won't mm-hmm. win the Cy Young. So uh, I expect him to try or want to be on his game, and you're right. he might. We might see Garrett Cole twice. Which makes a Yankee game a little bit more difficult. Maybe it's more like a Rays game if you're seeing the best pitcher mm-hmm. in the American League over the course of the season and really the last several seasons.
0: Jays will get Cole on Thursday against Jose Barrios. That's, that's a good, pitching, it's a match a good pitching, matchup. pitching matchup. Tonight, you say Kikuchi gets the mound with Clark Schmidt, Kevin Gosman tomorrow, and Michael King. Uh, but Kikuchi's looking for a bounce back. He didn't have his best outing, I guess, five starts ago. Uh, six, I think he had six earned runs. It wasn't a Kikuchi night. But we've seen a little bit of dips from our starters in the last month. Um, it's not like a you know, major point of concern that I'm I'm needing to see a Kikuchi bounce back. I have a high level of confidence in Kikuchi. But it wasn't his best outing last time around. Yeah, six runs against the Rangers. Uh, we remember that game. It wasn't fun.
1: Yeah, anyone who saw the Rangers uh, had some difficulty, I mm-hmm. suppose. Brios being the only one who didn't. Uh, and got things started on the weekend with a really, really great performance. So yeah. it's on everyone to have a bounce back. We've seen a few bounce backs. Bassett mm-hmm. bounce back. Uh, Ryu to a certain extent he was that
0: Barrios pitching performance on the weekend
1: but Barrios is peaking like everybody oh. everybody else maybe not peaking maybe that's not uh, quite accurate but it seems if I'm like doing who I'm most confident in right now it is, is, is Jose Barrios he's, he's I think number one for me right now Gosman's Ga- been fighting it for s- yeah. what six weeks
0: I feel like I'm seeing some fatigue from Gosman yeah that's it seems worrisome. Like
1: Barrios is kind of hitting his stride a little bit okay
0: well he's got to go against gets... do we
1: have updated uh, wildcard pitcher rankings
0: I, I know get Gosman's in
1: line to pitch the final game if needed. Oh, God,
0: I can't get you that that quickly.
1: But, uh, no, no, just like not in terms of like what's actually out there, oh. but what you would want to see in terms oh, sorry. of sorry, I think you the... meant
0: the schedule. I'm like, wait, I'm not a magician.
1: No, no, what you want to see. Hmm. You've performed magic.
0: <laughs> get the tarot cards out. <laughs> exactly. For me, it's still Kevin Gosman, number one. Okay. I know it's been a, a down Kevin Gosman month, but he is, he's the guy. He's the ace. And recency bias might make you think that Jose Brios is peaking, but for game one, your starter, it's it's going to be Kevin Gosman for me unless something drastic ha- happens. He's the guy that's a veteran, proven ace pitcher. I never see him crumble under the moment. Like, if you're going into a game one of a wild card, we know it could be a real tricky, mm-hmm. tough sledding. We've seen somebody in that spot before that hasn't been able to deliver. Who do I have the most confidence in to be steady? season long has been Kevin Gosman. Yeah, there's peaks and valleys just like that chart with, you know, Kikuchi having his moments, Jose Brio having his Brios, having his moment now, but I still think I'm giving the ball to Kevin Gosman right now. If tomorrow is game 1 of a wild card series, it's Kevin Gosman. But there are there's still important baseball to be played left and I and I do think that there's room for adjustments in that, but Gosman, for me, gets it first. So.
1: Yeah, and, and they do have it sort of lined up where it could be Gosman. I mean, if game 162, he's not needed, then they go with about and Francis, whatever. And then y- you save Gosman for that first start. That's, that's what's planned here. Mm. But if it was like a situation where you're trying to jam a square peg into a round hole, like it's like, hey, Gosman, you pitched three days ago. Can you start oh, go- game no, one? No, no, no. No, I'd no. just be like, no, we got Barrios. So sure. Gosman can go in line and we don't have to make any. Perfect
0: scenario. It's Gosman on the right amount of rest.
1: Yes, and I think they have uh, got themselves to that point. Mm-hmm. So if it's Gosman, is it gosman brios Kikuchi, or Gosman-Brios-Bassett for you? Hmm. I think both have to be ready.
0: Yeah. Like this, I think maybe Bassett this has his nose. That, yeah, this Bassett's fake got scenario? his nose
1: out in front, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, this, this scenario that we're putting in, I'm visualizing everybody at their perfect rest. Bassett's yeah. in there for me. Okay,
1: yeah. I, I mean, we, we were we were banging the Kikuchi drum. Mm-hmm about a month ago like he's got to play he's got to a 423
0: be. era in his last seven starts he's That's not getting Kikuchi. a lot of, yeah not a lot of run support though say that again for most people
1: it's just oh win three yeah yeah I mean, it's, it hasn't been terrible.
0: No, 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 it hasn't at all.
1: But it's, it's but, not... The it, fact he, that
0: we're having this conversation being He's no longer being banging on the, the door down, you know what I mean? We're having... that We are in a good spot, that we are fighting over one, two, and three, and possibly four. I mean, hunjin Ryu, props to the guy, but, you know, it's definitely not a starter right now in well, the playoffs. Well, if, if it's to
1: knock him down, drag him out in a, in a h- hypothetical wild card, it mm-hmm. might be Hunjin Ryu in game one of the divisional. Yeah, Which I don't. I don't uh, think I,
0: absolutely, uh,
1: oof. I wouldn't want to see that. Way. Hopefully, you have Gosman. Maybe you don't have to tax uh, either Bassett or Kikuchi. Whatever the the situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe again, we're going way down the road here. But I guess the point of this was Barrios is one or yes, two. Yes, he's gotten his Barrios foot in the door. In the top two.
0: big time. What an incredible comeback those two players have had. Think about this: last year, do you think we would have been wondering if Barrios and Kikuchi were going to be vying for a number two or three starter in a wild card series? The fall from grace and then to pick themselves up and march up that mountain this year is actually outstanding i know we talk a lot about things that are going poorly in blue jays land at times and it's easy to get in that rut but the way that they've handled this pitching rotation without alec manoa is one of the best stories in baseball this season, if you look at around the major leagues of teams that have weathered a storm, and not just weathered it, but been the biggest point of confidence for a Blue Jays team, they would not be, what, 78% chance to make the playoffs without their starting rotation this season being one of the best in baseball. You just hope that it doesn't start to bite them, yeah. that they've had to be a little fatigued down the stretch, having to kind of... <laughs> grab their team and pull them into the playoffs. So that's why you hope that these next games you get your offense going. The mm-hmm. guys can get a little bit of shorter outings because if you do think that you're this close to the playoffs, which you are statistically right on the cusp, it'd be really nice to be going in there with everybody, as you said, peaking like Burrios right now.
1: If Ross Adkins had to go to the board to like sell himself on, hey, I should still be doing this job this winter and beyond. Mm, I, think, show that rotation. <laughs> I, I I think it would be, hey, our fourth and fifth starter entering the year was... Jose Barrios and and, uh, Yusei Kikuchi. Mm -hmm. And we showed, obviously, a lot of promise uh, in in these guys and faith in these guys to be really, really great contributors Mm -hmm. for us. And they had a bad season. But look at what we did. We got them to bounce back. And not only did we get them to bounce back and pitch more like two and three, two and four starters maybe for an average team, but we were able to offset the loss, the disappearance, the ghosting of our Cy Young candidate from a year ago in Alec Manoa. Like, the pitching staff has been so good that they removed the top dog, <laughs> although he was never really the top
0: dog. He top, was, was a he. Cy Young candidate. That's his, like—
1: I suppose. But, no, Gaussman, but he was. Gosman was the guy that was like— I get it. Whatever.
0: But the guy that you're removing is anyway, a Cy Young you
1: candidate. Took, took that guy off the board, non-factor, mm-hmm. non-existent, only did damage to this team this year— And the pitching staff didn't miss a beat because of what we put together. So I I feel like that is their number one thing. And I guess that would be uh, neglecting to focus on other matters that have definitely uh, impacted the performance of this team. But that's what he would be leading with is the fact that this starting pitching rotation, even with Hunjin, like it's just it's it kind of is coming back mid
0: to late season with Tommy John. And he's already. And again,
1: it's cost a lot of money to get all these guys in. Yeah. Zanjan say- Rio is a I paid fifth starter who's mm-hmm. just, like, a nice story. It's not often you can have a nice story when he's making a lot of money, but it is a nice story because of the situation. But they've just figured out a way, and the Barrios contract could still be a really, really, really great one that could still age even really well, despite the fact that last year it seemed like, hey, this could be an unmitigated oh, disaster. Yeah. And now I'm not really worried about it at all.
0: If... The Blue Jays fail to make the postseason, and there's sweeping changes. you got to think that Pete Walker feels pretty good about his job. Yeah, I would say so. He might be one of few.
1: I would say so, although that, that Alec Manoa is quite a project still.
0: Yeah, but look what you just sold me on the rest of the squad, what he did this year. Mm-hmm. I think Alec Manoa That's a, isn't fully a Pete Walker issue.
1: I would say it's not fully and completely. Yes. completely I think a Pete that, Walker might, issue.
0: that might but fall like, on some other people's it's, shoulders, it's including a, his own.
1: It's a good reminder though, because we all believed in Pete Walker. He had a tough year though, right? Mm-hmm. Tough year. Barrios falling apart. Uh, Kikuchi falling apart. Like it, it just seemed like going on. A, a big, big issue, right? Like the pitching staff is an issue and this guy helped turn around because we, we knew the resume, we knew <laughs> the reputation and they trusted in that. And guess what? They have two good starting pitchers uh, back in the rotation again. And then maybe Alec Manoa is the project for next year.
0: And maybe we don't see him. And.
1: You're down on Manoa. No, eh? I'm just saying. That's the most down you've been.
0: That I said, maybe we don't see him.
1: It's body language.
0: I think that we can all have many thoughts about how this might go in the offseason. Big, like as soon as the Blue Jays season is over, it is all eyes on this offseason with Alec Manoa. Like, there's just really few things that are going to be as intriguing in baseball about what happened to this guy. What's the situation? What didn't we know? Like, I think... I don't know my if I had to put a percentage on it if I know if Alec Manoa pitches first five games of next season. Probably low.
1: To paraphrase Jeff Blair, who we had a conversation with on Friday, it was great, I thought at least. Not to pump our own tires. Uh, we will learn some things. We will learn some things. We will learn some things about this season.
0: I hope for the best. I hope that some... You just go and refresh and come back anyway blue jays back tonight it was a nice uh little off day for them to get ready for a three-game set in new york and then in tampa bay and then back home to do the same thing again <laughs> against new york and mm-hmm. tampa bay um so we'll see a lot of al east to wrap things up but only 12 games left we are in the witching hour as we like to say um Okay, yesterday, really special day for not only women's hockey fans, I guess hockey fans in general. It was the inaugural PWHL draft, which was held here in Toronto. The CBC building, uh, we had a live stream of the coverage as well, and uh, the panel did a great job. Our Haley Salvin killed it. And packed house, a lot of attendance, a lot of eyeballs. People that I don't really associate with following a lot of women's hockey, like messaging me watching the draft like i just thought it was it was felt really wide sweeping is that that's correct yeah like it was
1: maybe widespread widespread sweep as well though
0: it was sweeping and spread and <laughs> so a lot of people were watching and they're tuned in um on a monday at 1 p.m which is you know sometimes a little bit of a hurdle but nonetheless i thought it was absolutely extremely well done very professional uh efficient fun Still had the intrigue of a real draft, although they had the three free agency signings. We know that to start, Mm -hmm. you know, you pick your inaugural faces of your franchise. And the powerful people in that room spoke a lot about how important this journey is. If you have someone like Billie Jean King calling out the very first inaugural draft pick for Minnesota, you just know you have the right people in the room. I felt the momentum. I just... I felt like a small bit of pride as someone that played in a league that no longer exists. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine that every other person in that room that is still playing that has just fought for the last four years to get to this point, to have a one league inaugural moment where they're getting drafted real deal to a real franchise that is starting. It just, it was really special day. I'm, I'm proud of everyone for getting to this point and like, This is just the beginning.
1: Yeah, it was huge. I mean, I I think my, not my opinion changed, but like, I, I, I guess what I was thinking about was like, okay, this is obviously something they need. But when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, this is something that could forever change the way this sport operates like and, mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't it like hit me over the head as profound as that when we were talking about it before talking with you about it talking with guests about it but watching it it was like oh this is the infrastructure that actually creates something that can mm-hmm. build and build and build and build and I think that was the most important reminder uh for me yesterday because you are what you're, you're you're watching it if you're a, a casual women's hockey fan if you're tuning in in really important mm-hmm. moments like myself, but like the day-to-day grind, the sure. uh, all the issues that are at play, like I don't know that at I mean, a that, level that you That's part of the
0: do. issue. It's not as accessible in your daily
1: 100%. But this feels like it's going to organically weave its way into mm-hmm. the entire conversation around the sport, be something that can build, has the space to build, and we'll have players that we know who are still Lower levels, collegiate levels, which I don't know if you want to call it lower, but whatever, that are going to, hey, be around next year for the draft and enter the league in subsequent years. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you can see what it's supposed to look like coming together. And previously, and of course, like, you know, I'm a little too ignorant to talk about the politics, PHF, whatever, and everything that's gone on. But it never felt like that because it was a battle. This was everyone on board, it seemed (laughs) like, for the first time. And with the space to grow was my most important takeaway where it's like, yeah, this is going to work. And that was pretty heartwarming to see yesterday.
0: As someone that was previously drafted for a professional women's league that I only played one season for before it folded.
1: What is the difference? Because they're you drafted. A what do you league mean with a lot of great players. Of- What's like, wh- why, was, why was that ideal perfect Mm -hmm. that what we saw yesterday like Mm -hmm. uh, could you would you quibble with almost maybe a couple things but like in terms of what needed to happen that was it you were a part of the draft that had some of the greatest players in the world involved in that league already Mm -hmm. what are the two difference two differences or the main differences between those two between the dra- why was why was that the standard and why mm-hmm. was that amateurish? I guess is what I'm this
0: asking. draft is starting from a, a foundation where it's I think I believe it's one of the first leagues ever in the history of sports to have an inaugural draft where you already have a CBA in place for women's sports. They have stripped it down and built it back up. In very difficult times where you had to make hard decisions, as we've seen, like one league folding, one league being purchased, people losing their jobs, coming together. I think the difference between what I felt yesterday and what I saw when I was drafted in the CWHL was they've already created a really substantial and sustainable method of this isn't just a one-year buy-in. This is an eight to ten-year buy-in. you got Stan Cast and the president and owner of the Dodgers there Mm -hmm. on stage, Billie Jean King and the Mark Walter organization. Like, there's money. And money isn't everything, but you need money at the beginning of a league. Like, I've said this many times on the air. I was a second round draft pick in the CWHL. My starting salary was Mm $2,000. And, like, if you're a professional hockey player, that's not going to cut it. Like, I had to pay for things out of pocket. These girls can at least start fresh and play professionally, but not even just money. It's, the infrastructure they're going to be—they're going to be given healthcare. They're going to be given benefits that we never had before. You're going to be able to take maternity leave if you need to. You're going to be able to get your skate sharpened for free. Like just little things that seem ridiculous. That yeah, I'm yeah. even pinpointing those. It's all come together. The players were on board with creating the CBA, and they worked hand in hand and creating it with someone that of a stand cast and caliber that's literally done everything across all sports. It's. Everything that you had wanted and, you know, quibbled about growing and going, the growing pains of multiple leagues, they've circled as a change and they've done the hard work. That's why it took four years. Felt
1: different. So buy-in is kind of the key word that I would distill from Mm -hmm. all that. It's a financial buy-in. It's buy-in from players. And I guess what I'm kind of getting from that is, and maybe this is too simplistic, but it's a league worthy of Marie-Philippe Lenz time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but I wouldn't say that the other ones were because it was built. It was built on the backs of marie philippe Poulin grinding in the CWHL, and they would never. That's true. But it wasn't that it wasn't worthy. But when you look back now, you say, "I wanted more for them."
1: But they're at a level, the Olympians for Mm -hmm. uh, the United States and Canada, where it's you can't. You're not getting involved in something where you're having to, you know, go to a sports store on the way to get your skates done. Right? Like that's that's not an appropriate use of time for athletes Mm -hmm. of their caliber.
0: Well, it's different. It felt amateur. Now it feels professional. Like, this is a small thing, and there was so many agents at that draft. A lot of these girls that were drafted yesterday, so 15 rounds, um, and there will be free agency. We'll get into that. But they have actual sports agents. Mm -hmm. That's never really been the case, where there's an, an agency that represents Austin Matthews that also represents Hillary Knight represents Marie Filipe Poulin. Represents girls coming out of college that are getting agents. Like they want to put their athletes in the best position. They're going to negotiate their contracts. I'm not just signing the piece of paper that Markham Thunder gave me about. Oh, you're starting salary your two thousand dollars. Yeah, sign. You have someone like advocating for you, wanting the proper care for their athletes, wanting the proper financial assistance for their athletes, also wanting to, to get market um, exposure, wanting to get them involved in things in where they're going to be playing for the next X amount of years. That was a whole different thing. I looked around that room. I'm like, there are real agents here that represent
1: there's, you know, companies and people. You know that what it means know. when agents are there? What? There's money to be made.
0: Money. And there's there's going to be broadcast opportunities. There's going to be people that want to have their foot in the door when this thing uh, kicks off. Um, so I think that just even those little things that you notice as someone that had played in the league that had none of that, big steps for it, but there's still so many things to be done. Like this wasn't just a full on grand slam. Like we don't know where the teams are playing. Okay. So like, that's, you just get drafted. So Justin, yesterday you got drafted Uh, to the New York team. You don't even know where in New York, New York state, New York city, outside of New York. So, like, there are things that need to be solidified. We just got the names of the coaches and the general managers. And this
1: league is being put together somewhat in haste, right? It, like, it this is, is not... It's,
0: and I hope it's haste and not haphazardly. Like, I hope yeah. they're not cutting corners to get things done. And yesterday was a monster day, and I won't take that away from them. But, you know, you have to also hold them accountable for not having teams yet, not having logos yet, not having names yet, locations yet.
1: These things take Pe- time. People,
0: I, and, I, and I know it takes time, but... At this point, you have so much momentum right now. People are buying tickets. Like, they want to buy tickets. So keep it, like, I need to know where I'm going to watch it my would, team.
1: It would have been nice to have jerseys yesterday. It would have been I, nice. I, and I, I know, like, you're quibbling with it. Whatever. It, it was just like, you do, you, you said the right thing there. The momentum. Like, can you, mm-hmm. wow, that was like, if, 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 I'm, was in the best if I'm a young incredible. girl mm-hmm. and I'm watching, I'm like, I oh, I really want Marie, like, I want that jersey. Yeah. I want to be more involved. How can I be more involved? And right now it's like, okay, I can look at the rosters. Yeah. But I, I think this is important. And I think this is the pivot point here where mm-hmm. we should be like, okay, there are issues still, but this is now a sport that we are going to be able to treat like the NHL. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to talk about it critically.
0: And hold them accountable. because just No, because no, no.
1: no not, I, I want to just talk about the competition.
0: I know. Just one thing. Like, we talk about the NHL and their shortcomings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I still want to be able to talk about the PWHL and their shortcomings because this is really exciting and monumental, but I'm not going to put horse blinders on because I know my friends are okay, still that's, fighting that's for things. That's so, good. So yesterday was honestly probably the biggest day ever in the history of women's hockey. But you need to follow that up with the best month and then the best season and the best kickoff. And so, Mm. yes, it was. And I'm very proud of everything. But, like, you know, I still would have liked X, Y, and Z to be done yesterday. I know that there's legal things I need to figure out. But all I'm saying is I want to see the momentum build next month when it's October. And there's nothing to be talked about. Right? Like, right now, they're trending. It's awesome. The players are so ecstatic. But in October, what are we talking about? They don't start training camps till November. They don't start the season till January. So find a way to keep that momentum building, and, and I think that that's what, exactly what you want from this team. But the on-the-ice talent is was absolutely incredible. Uh, Fifteen rounds of a, a snake draft yesterday, six teams, of course. Each team had already picked three franchise players in free agency, so you know that, Marie-Philippe Poulin and Hillary Knight and the big names, Kendall coyne Schofield, already off the board have uh, they've been like picked for their designated teams. Um so the draft really started, I guess
1: in rounds four. Yeah.
0: Is that that's proper. Nah.
1: Yeah that but, would that would take something away from Taylor Heise. No,
0: but just like round four in terms of numbers of people. Taylor Heisey sure. gets drafted first overall, you know like a keeper league. Kind of, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um to Minnesota. She's Minnesota, uh, born and raised and played and it's it made sense. We talked about this with Haley Salvian and many others that it was the right selection. And then the draft intrigue started with Toronto on the board, who takes Jocelyn LaRock, and I played with her. um, And she's an incredible person and hard as hell to play against. And the talent just kept surprising me. Like, oh, that girl's still around? Oh, my God. But she's slipping to the second round. Like, they had so much talent. Young players coming out of university, players that just made their first national team appearance, players that were playing in the PHF that are transitioning over to PWHL, players that are already established two three-time olympians mvps at the olympics players that have set records in ncaa college and at their olympic teams it just it really was astounding to see how much talent was there and made me laugh that i was like well maybe i free agent signing as a joke yeah just uh, no it would have actually diminished the day if i had even no. thrown my name in the hat
1: no impossible okay so uh so much talent Mm-hmm. Who has the most talent? Who drafted the best team yesterday? Well,
0: I think it's hard to quibble with Montreal having the best team when you have the best player in the world with Marie Philippe-Plan, the best goalie in the world with Anne-René Debien, De the best person in the world with Laura Stacey. <laughs> um, and they add, I really like their first-round selection. Of course, Erin Ambrose, friend of the show, but she mm. was probably the best defenseman at that point also available. And for them to grab all four of those players – in the first four selections of their new franchise. I just, you, you really can't quibble with that. Uh, Kristen O'Neill, a couple of the uh, Czech national team players. I liked the variety of selections that I saw from a lot of players, a lot of GMs. Like, there was a lot of international flair. I think that's really important for growing the game where it's not just Canada, USA. There was a lot of different countries represented and different leagues represented. But, I mean, I'm going to be a bit of a homer for my friends and say that Montreal... Uh, started things really strong. But as I mentioned, it's pretty hard to see holes in the way that they constructed the roster at at the very top of the draft.
1: Uh, Toronto probably has the most names that I recognize. Yeah, and I think that's
0: special. I think that's really important too. I I do think that they got fortunate having a lot of Toronto people fall into their lap, like location-wise. Obviously, you know, Sarah Nurse, Renata Fass, and Blair Turnbull. Uh, But they got Jocelyn LaRock and her her and Renata Fass will be probably the best D pairing in the league already. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get a great goaltender in Kristen Campbell, who, as funny as this is, another Campbell goaltender in Toronto with the nickname Soupy. Mm. Take that as you'd like. We know Jack Campbell's time in Toronto. He was loved, and then, you know. Soup's back. And Natalie Spooner, of course, getting drafted. uh, She had that circumstance. Uh, what's the proper way for it?
1: Special exemption. Special no? exemption,
0: where she obviously just had a baby and she lives in Toronto. So there's only a few players that were granted ex-
1: exceptional,
0: whatever it is called, circumstances, and she was one of them. Um, so she's and obviously... they used
1: a fourth round pick on that, which yeah, is... you're
0: not happy about that.
1: No, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm not happy about it, but I, I felt like watching it a little bit because Minnesota was taking Minnesota players and Natalie Spooner goes fourth to Toronto when she was always going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess if you were trying to uh exploit that situation could she have gone in the 15th round of Toronto yeah, to you, make sure I that you're not I think that's shady
0: and it like is scummy a little, sh- a little bit. It is
1: a little scummy but there there again there's a sec- special exemptions here and it's mm-hmm. and it's a little bit it felt to me slightly and I could be wrong cuz mm-hmm. I I, I'm, I probably am wrong that they were playing nice a little bit like some things were like okay we like and they, they were I mean they were literally special exemptions. Yeah. Uh but it felt like I don't know, if you're if you if you're Toronto, uh, maybe that was pre-planned or agreed upon that, hey, Spooner's a fourth-round caliber mm-hmm. player, we'll take her in the fourth round so that everybody's happy. And I think that's perfectly fine. It's, uh, it's just, it, it's a different wrinkle to the draft and to what we saw yesterday. And
0: it's not something you see in any other leagues, but I think with this situation of having 15 rounds to create an entire franchise there was going to be some harder decisions to make and how you account for players that really do have exemptions that they should apply for and get. Yeah, so Natalie Spooner going in the fourth round when she could have technically gone in the 15th round, maybe wasn't the best draft strategy. I think PR-wise and player-wise, I think it it was fair. Um, but it is you know, something that we don't see in any other draft. Uh, but They also did scoop up former teammate Victoria Bach later, later, later in the draft. So I thought that was a really good surprise pick that she fell as, as low as she did. Um, we know she's like one of the fastest little speedsters out there. Obviously, she's been a part of Team Canada program, so I was happy with that. Um,
1: Any bottom. other takes?
0: Boston, I hate to love them. They're going to be really good. They One of my favorite picks of the year was Jamie Lee Ratcher the year of, this, of yesterday was Jamie Lee Rattray mm-hmm. Radt- in the third round to Boston. Boston obviously has some massive names like Hillary Knight, Lauren Gable, Alina Mueller, who's was drafted, was it a third overall? Third overall yep. And she is from Switzerland, and she's putting different countries on the map, and she's probably one of the best players in the world. Doesn't matter where she's from. Doesn't matter if you've seen her wearing a gold medal at the Olympics or not. Alina Mueller to Boston. Um, I'm really proud that she gets that opportunity, and she was quite moved it was made me emotional because it's not as easy for people from Switzerland to put themselves on a global stage like this. She came over and did her NCAA cl- career in the United States and obviously has made a name for herself. But that's not an easy journey. We saw someone from France being drafted, a lot of Czech players. Um,
1: that's s- another one, though. She wanted to be in Boston. And I, like, Alina uh, Mueller? Yeah. That, that was, to me, like, when I watched it, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, that was happening because... It-
0: she was like, like she should have little, been drafted there though. There was There's a little, no like you know should
1: Toronto have picked taken Laroc or were they like no we'll go Elena Mueller can go to Boston.
0: I don't think none that, that. did that. No.
1: Okay.
0: It's your first round. You're not playing like ooh, you know let's let Alina Mueller live her dream out in Boston. Like if yeah. she was the best if they thought she was the best fit for them, then they took her at the right time. There's no like little conspiracy theories here in the first round.
1: I was just, uh, just is there an explanation for LaRocque, 35 years old? I mean, I get that she forms mm-hmm. the shutdown pairing for Toronto, and Toronto had a great draft, but that was a little surprising that it wasn't more of a focus on who went next, Alina Mueller, mm-hmm. born in 1998. Like a lot of teams t- well, took Toronto, the first round. A you know, different. Sarah
0: Nurse and Blair Turnbull are already. They're a
1: veteran team. And, and they had pretty good experience up front they probably don't have to worry is because you mentioned a lot of Toronto based players they're probably going to be able to add and continue to add to that Mm -hmm. pipeline and that's
0: that's what's next so quickly get to that Uh, so this is 15 players 18 in total when you add the idea that those three were already pre-signed you can't go into training camp with less than 28 so there's still 10 roster spots to try out for. So there were people that weren't drafted. There's some big names that were left off the board. They will definitely get an opportunity to try out. There'll be free agency signings. This goes into November. There'll be tryouts starting in the next month or two. And players will fill out that roster. But a hard day for some people that didn't get drafted. Uh, it went 15 rounds. And I think there are some of my friends that were there that didn't get drafted. And I think that's a really uh, hard situation mm. to be in. But this isn't it. There's obviously an entire half of a roster still to fill. Um, so opportunities for them. And they'll want to have a, a prove-it moment. So, yeah. It's not the full perspective of the PWHL yet. But it is certainly um, a really good start to know who you're cheering for. And last thing I'll say, you can already get um, your name in at the front of the line for tickets. So if you went to the PWHL.com... You can purchase what is like a front-of-the-line pass, like a deposit that gets you front-of-the-line access to the tickets. I did this yesterday. It was 50 U.S. dollars. And when you do that, your name will be in the, like, pre-sale opportunity. It's not like Taylor Swift where you're, you're still going to get an opportunity to buy tickets, I promise. Um, but it gives you, like, the first pass. I don't really know how it works. And you also get some sort of, you know, a thank-you gift that's going to come in the mail. Anyway, if you really want to get inspired and watch this, and I had a lot of people that message me about it, you can get front-of-the-line right now online, and then be a part of it. You can choose your region. Like, if you're listening from Toronto, you can choose the Toronto region as your team, but it doesn't mean that you can't get access to other tickets. So I did that yesterday. And if you want to support, there's your perfect way to do so. All right, so. perfect. Okay, uh, from one Toronto draft uh, to the other Toronto topic, um, it is the eve of Leafs training camp. Mm. What happened? Media day
1: tomorrow. Media We're there. day
0: tomorrow. Uh, yes, we'll be, you know, we'll be all over this. Um, it's going to be... It kind of snuck up. I mean, we've had a lot of things to talk about, but it'll be a joy to talk about Central Maple Leafs hockey because it is right around the corner. Uh, Set to report for training camp tomorrow. Everybody going through the media day. I know we'll have that on our network when it begins live tomorrow. I think it's almost right after our show. We'll hear from a lot of people, and we'll hope to glean things from them, uh, which sometimes can be difficult, but we'll
1: do our best. Well, here's my take on why it snuck up. There's actually not much to talk about. Mm. Like, what, uh, like William Nylander, obviously. Yeah. But remember last year, it was like, you know, death knell. Death March, Austin Matthews. Oh, the yeah. clock starting. Uh, Sheldon like
0: Keefe 10, already on the hot in like seat. like 10
1: months. Uh, you just lost in the first round again. You have to back. Mm. Uh, you're, ba- you're backing Dubas again. You're backing Sheldon Keefe. It seems like, hey, is anything going to change with this team? It seems like a lot of stress was placed upon the start of Last season. Yeah, it feels a now, little sleepier. Now this there's, there's some or, excuse. There is, it is sleepier. It is sleepier. But there's excuses built in. It's like, ah, oh, it's Trill Living's first, you know. Yeah. And, and oh, they, won a, they won a round they last did. year. And wow, they signed Austin Matthews. I mean, uh, what else could you want from an off season Other than Nylander, it's kind of like, okay, like things aren't perfect, but because there's an excuse. Because it's all about showing it now,
0: Justin. Like... They did everything you probably could have asked for this offseason. Uh, they got some big free agency ni- names. <laughs> and not, nice, It's also coming back. And Matthew Nice. And they got some big free agency names. They looked at holes and they tried to fill them. They kept their coach, and you can quibble with that, but whatever. We're going to have to talk about it because he's signed extended the contract. Coach, he's yeah. yeah, he's extended. You got your franchise face locked in for whatever amount that you thought, a little less, but whatever. He's still there. The biggest thing is William Nylander. Like if we're going to talk about what are our biggest questions going into tomorrow, it's how is William Nylander going to address his very first podium? And I can give it to you right now. Yeah, you know, uh, definitely love playing in the city of Toronto, and uh, want to make sure it works out. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm gonna leave that to my agents to talk about, and uh, 100%. I'm hoping that we just we don't have to talk about it this season. I'm, I'm ready to come and uh, really, uh, you know, you know, for the boys, best year for the boys. Like I want to, you know, the boys. Like uh, you know, it's this big year for us, and uh, I'm gonna just uh, work on uh, having my best year
1: that that'll exist cut that here. and exactly. play
0: that tomorrow. That's going to be what we can
1: all save ourselves some time.
0: And that's it. And William Nylander has this opportunity to say, everybody shut up about it. And we'll have to, and he can prove his worth this season. Like he's in a spot where he's getting massively underpaid this year and he can show that and he can cash in real big, but he's, he's going to have eyeballs on it because people clamoring that get, get William Nylander here long-term. We already know that people like to point to William Nylander often, And he's going to have a whole season of What's up with William Nylander? So. And I,
1: and I think he's comfortable with it, which is gonna make everyone else a little bit uncomfortable mm. as long like, as it's how is talked he so chill? about. Like he's he is the chillest dude in hockey. And, and that that is, I think, misconstrued a little bit in that, oh, he doesn't actually care about yeah, being here. Because him. if he really cared about it, he wouldn't waste even a second. Yeah. But that's just everyone's the different. vibe and reality of William Nylander, that he still believes he has more to give. He says he wants to have his best season. I believe that wholeheartedly. And if you have a best season, well, you redefine how much you make in the NHL, and that's what he wants to do is try to maximize that hopefully at a rate that makes sense for everyone sort of like austin matthews who went out there and hey he didn't completely break the bank but in order Mm -hmm. to keep it manageable it was a five-year deal and that's that's hopefully what they can arrive at eventually but right now william nylander in his mind remains a not fully defined asset and if he still believes that then you're never going to get yourself a deal because he's not at the point where he's ready to be like, hey, this is the price tag that is accurate. So uh, uh, whatever, that's going to exist. Tra Living's going to be asked about it. Keith's going to be asked about it. John Tavares is going to be asked about it. William Nylander. They're all going to be asked about it. And that's going to be the main storyline tomorrow. But in terms of like secondary storylines, which sucks for William Nylander, uh-huh. I'm not like exactly pinpointing that many.
0: My secondary, I, I had to like
1: scrape yeah, a little bit for I mean, it. it's
0: not like... Yeah, good thing we don't have to write about it every day. Um, is this Austin Matthews' team now? Like, is he going to own the podium? has it always been? Yeah, but, like, we talk about John Tavares is going to hand him this captaincy maybe one day. I think it's time to really, like, own that in your dialogue, in the way you carry yourself, in the way you talk about this team. He did what he had to do by signing this extension in the offseason. And to me, that felt like saying, this is my team now. I'm doing this. I'm mm-hmm. locking in here for the term that I wanted. I wanted to meet in a part that's putting me in a position that I can also be successful, but I want to put this team in a, su- su- ooh, a position to be successful. And the window is very defined now, right? And who's important in that window? Your franchise player. I just wonder how he carries himself into this year, knowing that everyone thinks he's going to be the C soon. Mm-hmm. John Tavares, we know that you know his contract isn't at the, uh, I guess, value that we had hoped at this point, but he's an older player. I just think, like, Austin Matthews last year was a talk of sometimes contention because he wasn't having his heart trophy season. How do you bounce back from, bounce back from that? Like, he still is an incredible hockey player. But I think there's a little bit more I want from him to be the guy that grabs his team and drives them to a lengthy postseason run. So I'm curious how he carries himself. Yeah,
1: I think everyone's done building walls, right? Like, maybe protective walls if you have the fan base. Oh, he's always wanted to go to Arizona, right? He's, like that's, like, you can You shut don't have to that. worry about that. Mm-hmm. And if Austin Matthews, you don't have to worry about what other people think anymore because you, well, you actually signed a manageable deal for this organization. I mean, I think you should take some pride and take some sort of confidence from that in that hey you're not it's not like me 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 <laughs> like I, I did give something and, and I, I I do feel with no one building walls anymore that maybe he's more comfortable and not to say that he's uncomfortable because he's the supremely confident dude that carries himself with an immense amount of confidence but is there a change in how he interacts operates yeah. feels looks like is there a bit of a change and what does that mean for the season a uh, percentage chance for you that uh, the takeover captaincy happens uh, before the season? No.
0: Zero percent.
1: Zero percent? No. I'm leaving the door open. No. Five percent. No. No? I won't even take the chance. Why not? Sentence.
0: I do not think that as of tomorrow, preseason— I give you
1: 50 to 1 and you're not taking that?
0: I mean, I guess you should always put money on 50 to 1. That— John Tavares gives Austin Matthews the captaincy before the puck drops is, is whoa, really, whoa. I, mean, easy, I, mean, again, no.
1: I don't think it's, it's a one person's decision, but let's say you're in that locker room. Like, or you, maybe you're John Tavares. Does that not make some sense? No, no,
0: no, Mem- not for me.
1: Remember who gave him the captaincy, Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock. Those <laughs> people, those people don't exist anymore.
0: Jump scare. Mike Babcock.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: No, I don't think that, I don't think we're at that point yet. I think there's, this is a big year for Austin Matthews, of course, and I think just uh, Justin, Justin Tavares, John Tavares knows when that time is going to come. And I don't think it's this
1: year. I think it's oh, it's come. No,
0: I think it's come, but it's not time to do the the little PR thing. No, it's not happening. Okay, right I, now. I
1: honestly wouldn't be Tavares stunned. has I more to give
0: this year in that role, but it is it's it's we're at the victory lap of the, the captain. Yeah, the okay? only
1: weird thing with that is it's sort of the resignation that I'm not that player anymore. Yeah, and that's, and, hard. And that's, and he's that's not, kind of a bad No, he's look. not ready for that. It's not a great luck. No. Um, he's got to have a great year. Or, he, he will have a great year, probably, he and he needs to have one.
0: I'm um, curious about how they – well, I mean, off, is this off-season storylines or biggest questions that we're going to want to find out in training camp? I'm just curious about the goalie tandem. I mean, we really – we know Samsonoff was a guy that impressed a lot of people last year. They had the whole goalie tandem from hell, basically, with Matt Murray being – non-existent for most of the year, but Joseph Wall won a lot of hearts. He proved a lot from a guy that was an AHL starter. I wonder how they decide to split it this year. If it is a split, if it's a 70-30, how many games does Joseph Wall get? We should be doing lower-under, so this maybe we could tee it up tomorrow, like, predictions mm-hmm. for the season. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how much Joseph Wall has viewed this opportunity during the offseason as, I'm going to grab this one, and I'm not just going to be, like, the good storyline. Like, I want to be competitive in the crease. I'm curious to how they discuss the goaltending tending relationship between these two because you got a guy that had a good year last year with Samsonov, went to arbitration with him. You know you only have him for this year, right? Mm-hmm. And Joseph Wall could be the future of your team. How do they juggle that moving forward and how much has Joseph Wall taken a step in the offseason?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think how Martin Jones fits into the equation is also interesting. I don't expect him... Yeah, I kind of
0: even forgot about him, right? (laughs) uh, uh,
1: I guess the question is more like how quickly do they lose him, the first uh, sight at waivers Mm -hmm. or not. But yeah, because I don't expect Joseph Wall to offer any uh, reason to want to not use him over the course of training camp. Like, I think they're going to hold him in high regard and he'll be clearly very, very involved. We'll have to save some of these for um, Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the show. But my big one, I guess, and I don't think we'll learn this tomorrow just who John Klingberg is going to be playing with is is very very fascinating to me because he could be anything from a top pairing defender to a sheltered third pairing defender. Uh he could play with Mark Giordano, maybe he plays with Morgan Riley. I have no idea what they plan to do with John Klingberg, but it I think is the most fascinating like puzzle piece in terms of lineup construction.
0: Well, the decor still feels incomplete, but there's oh, no yeah. there's no additions to be made at this point. How do you tinker with this Sets of pairings that don't seem to make the best meshing right away. Feels like the Achilles heel. We've been talking about that just in terms of the construction of the back end. Still seems weak to me. Uh, Klingberg is going to... He's going to be a guy that his fan base either loves or hates, mm-hmm. hates the addition or thinks, wow, what a, what a way to grab this guy. Not going to be a steal price-wise, but might be like, ooh, galaxy brain, like people were overlooking him, but you found a guy that was peaking at the right time.
1: Mm. His vibe will be interesting, too, because this is a guy who had a lot of money put out in front mm-hmm. of him, and he was like, eh, I think I could do better. And then he did uh, And now he's bouncing around, and people are questioning whether or not he can even play a top four role in the NHL anymore. It's a disastrous yeah. season with the Anaheim Ducks. He plays very, very poorly. Now he's going to play for an elite team. What does that mean? Mm-hmm for him, uh, if he's like sulky baby arriving because, hey, he still hasn't signed a big contract and uh, he's still thinking about the $50 million he left on the table uh, I think Mm. reportedly-ish, then is that a problem? Or does he come a motivated guy who's still got talent and knows he can contribute for a good team and knows he was in a bad situation last year and can overcome that? We'll see. And again, demeanor's not going to be everything. It's going to be the play on the ice. But uh, we might be able to learn something from him. Tomorrow,
0: yeah. Okay, so we got a couple more we could sprinkle in throughout the show. Uh, questions we have, hopefully, to get answered. Yes, tomorrow um, on the start of Maple Leaf season, as they have training camp and media day uh, starting tomorrow. I think right after we get off the off the air. Uh, but let's take a break. We got the A list, and then Evan Roberts, host of Evan Atiki on WFAN from two to six thirty PMs. It's a uh, long show. They, that's a whew, good thing. We don't have that time slot. Um That's a long time of hustling. There, he's going to join us. We'll go through like. The gauntlet of New York topics from the Yankees to the Mets to what's going on with Boone as he comes in here and then, you know, the Jets.
1: Giants, too, Danny. And Dimes. The Giants. Looking like Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. <laughs>
0: we'll start that up, our seven o'clock hour with him. And then Andy Petrillo will join us at seven thirty to go through yesterday's inaugural PWHL broadcast, uh, followed by David Alter at eight and Donovan Bennett at eight thirty. That's our lineup for today. We'll take a break and do the A list on the other side.
1: Sportsnet 590, 590, the fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby?
0: All right, this story uh, maybe paints Buffalo I'm bra- Bills. I'm bracing for this one. Bills fans in a tough light, but it's nonetheless. It is a story that is trending online. Um, we know that. Folks can get a little carried away and excited about the football season ahead. But there was a fan who was arrested and needed to be evaluated medically because (laughs) this is from USA Today and a kind of a crazy thread, Um, an unidentified football fan who was naked and covered in human excrement. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? I think you got it. Was discovered in a construction site hole near the Buffalo Bills home opener on Sunday. The extent of his injuries was just a cut on his forehead, so he's okay. But the fan was naked and covered in such... Matter. Matter. And was found in an on-site porta potty, a double whammy. As you can probably assume, he was under the influence of drugs and alcohol, a combo of LSD, cocaine, and marijuana. Oh, my. The team arrived on scene. It took him 20 minutes to get him out of the hole... And then the Erie County Medical Center, he was transported to before going to Buffalo General.
1: I mean, at least he had the decency to find a hole.
0: I think he might have fallen in it. There's No mention to how long he was in said hole. Uh, somebody had first called at 1218 local time. Uh, if they saw him maybe fall in this hole. Anyway, he's obviously going to be evaluated, but then maybe uh, get some criminal, criminal trespassing. <laughs> Is it
1: tough yeah, look. That's one of those things where you, you got to find a way to slap a charge on him. For you that? have to. <laughs> like, you need to find some way. To and it's got to be a little bit more yeah. than public intoxication. 29 years old. That's taking tailgating to a next level. 29
0: years old, but apparently big football fan. they recovered him at approximately 30 to 40 feet below the surface in this hole. This is not a little hole.
1: Oh, I did not expect this that. This is
0: a monster hole he fell into. I don't know how he got stumbled his way into. Have you seen Parks and Rec?
1: The pit?
0: Uh, no. Oh come on! such a good reference right now. I fell in the pit. Anyway, <laughs> those that know Parks and Recs will know. Okay. This is Andy falling into the pit and breaking his ankle. Type vibes. Okay. Anyway, he's all. I think only
1: he's only a scratch. Uh, th- thirty feet. Only. A I think scratch he's going to be forehead. okay.
0: There was only eight ejections from Sunday's Bills. Sunday's Bills home opener.
1: Wait, okay? was there? Did you get ejected from the game?
0: He didn't even make it to the game. Okay. He was in a hole 30 to 40 feet. I thought that would have been after the game. No, no, no. It didn't make it that way. So anyway, everyone behave yourselves when you All enjoy right. football. And you probably can't get much worse than that
1: guy. No, you can't do much worse than that.
0: All right. Let's talk to Evan Roberts, co-host of Evan and Tiki on WFAN uh, Mondays to Fridays at 2 to 6.30 p.m. It's a grind. The Yankees are in town. Uh, not a lot to play for other than to kind of ruin the Blue Jays' life. So let's hope they don't do so. Evan Roberts after the break.